Ooh, fun facts, facts of fun with Allison and Caitlin. Hi, welcome to Fun Facts Live. I'm your host, David, and with me today is Allison. Hello. Caitlin. Hello. RJ. Hi. And Jake. Rock on, people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> welcome to Fun Facts Live. It's brought to you today by, where'd you call it? <laughs> You've just landed your dream job, the junior drape grape collector position at the world's premier imagination factory. With the help of your new friend Bingo, it's time to explore neighborhoods, gather words, and earn grapes to power imagination. You'll need the company app to get started, so what are you waiting for? Visit wordsmacallit.com to download it from the App Store or Google Play. Wordsmacallit, swipe words, power imagination. All right, so let's just get right into it. Caitlin, what fun fact do you have for us today? All right, I have a fun fact about peppers. Peppers, all right. And I, I hope I haven't used this one before. I was looking, I had to look back through the, the old episodes to make sure I hadn't. Um, but anyway, so uh, are you familiar with the Scoville scale? Yes. Yes, I've heard of that. Okay, so it's basically a, a rating for how spicy a pepper is. And it's, it used to be very subjective. They would basically have people eat peppers and then say, this is spicy or this is not or whatever. Oh. <laughs> and they'd rank them. Um, but now it's usually done a little more precisely by measuring the level of capsaicin and, and other and really closely related compounds in the pepper. Okay. Um, so some, so uh, like a banana pepper is a few hundred Scoville units, um, uh, jalapeno is a few thousand. Um, what are some other common things? Oh. A habanero is a few hundred thousand. Oh, so it's not uh, a Carolina Reaper is a few million. <laughs> what? It feels Sorry. like this should be a logarithmic scale. This is crazy. It, these I numbers. Think it, I think it is actually, I mean, oh, definitely. Really? <laughs> okay. well, I mean, you know, the, the higher you get, the less precise it is. And, and okay. of course, you know, you know, slightly different, you know, you, you can have multiple sample, multiple peppers from, you know, neighboring plants and they're going to be, there's going to be some variation, right? Um, yeah. A ghost pepper is like a million wow. anyway, but what I really wanted, my fun fact is, is about bell peppers. So, okay. which are the, you know, everyone's probably familiar with going to the grocery store, you buy your green bell pepper, your red bell pepper, whatever. Yeah. They're actually bell somewhat peppers, sweet. Instead bell of peppers. The, the, the rating is actually zero. Oh, now the reason for this, I think is, is, is kind of interesting because so all these other, you know, chili peppers there, some are, are, have been obviously like a Carolina Reaper has been very extensively bred by humans to be as spicy as possible. Um, but, you know, other things are, are a little more closely related to what was naturally growing um, before humans came along. Right. Okay. So, so chili peppers are native to mostly South America and I think Central America, a definitely new world, not, you know, they're not native to Europe or, or Asia. Um, but, and so when the, uh, and they've actually been cultivated, I think by native people, the native peoples of South America for, I mean, thousands and thousands of years. So 
but when the, the European settlers came along uh, and they wanted to, <laughs> they tried these things, they were like not used to this spice at all because it's a different kind of spice than you get from say, you know, the spices from like Asian spices, which are what, you know, most of Europe was used to at the time, because that's what was coming along the Silk Road and everything. Okay. So they, so the Italians in particular were like, all right, we got to breed some milder peppers. And so, <laughs> so all the peppers are native to the new world. Um, bell peppers are an Italian creation um, where they, they created these, they bred these peppers to have as little spiciness as possible and ended up with the bell pepper. Wow. Interesting. When, when yeah. was this? Uh, like the 1500s. Okay. Right? So when, you know, after, you know, Columbus and, and the, the whole, what's it called? The Colombian, not explosion. Is that the right word? Colombian expedition? Ex expansion. No, there's like a term. The Colombian exchange. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Um, basically, once the kind of really Europe started taking notice of like what was going on in in the New World, and um, you know, yeah. Wow, this is fascinating. I had no, I had no idea this wasn't just like a natural pepper. I had no nope. idea it was bred by humans. I just thought uh, that's kind of messed up because I mean. <laughs> Oh, okay. So I actually just looked this up. So I was assuming that they kind of started this in the, and I think they were definitely breeding them to be milder, you know, going back to the, the 1500s, but the actual bell pepper that we're used to is only from about a hundred years ago. Really? <laughs> what we're used to now. So they, they only kind of reach that, that zero, uh, fairly recently. Yeah. Wow. Plant breeding is a long-term process. So does this does this mean they're they're you can't say they're non-GMO? I'm not even sure what. Well, <laughs> I mean, is there anything yeah, that, that well, we eat? You know, that... I think I'm kind of I'm I'm a little bit I'm don't get me started on GMOs. <laughs> and like I'm very much the like everything is a chemical. You can't say something's chemical free because everything is literally a chemical. Okay, that's what happens when you get a degree in chemistry. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> um, and and so I think I I'm I believe when people are referring to GMOs, they're referring to things where they've actually gone in and you know tweaked the genes uh in a targeted manner in some um, way other than just crossbreeding yeah but really like everything we eat unless you're out in the woods foraging for wild mushrooms i mean everything you're eating corn <laughs> right we yeah. it's all been it's all been selectively bred by humans over the course of hundreds or thousands of years. I mean, so yeah. it's all, it's all modified, it's all modified, you know, it's <laughs> sort of, you know, I'm like, yeah. yeah so I'm was... a little bit like, who cares if it's GMO? It's fine. <laughs> it's not going to hurt you. Uh, anyway, yeah. we don't like need most... to, let's, let's not get into that. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say like most GMO, like plant varieties are like more drought resistant and like more right. producing. So like they've, helped feed people like if yeah. we didn't have gmo food like we would all be starving yeah like, our population is way too high to support that so makes sense by the yeah. way rj i have to say it was a lot of fun watching you put the stems on the peppers 
that was <laughs> really you. entertaining. Yeah. Can I ask a question that RJ's drawing prompted that I just <laughs> don't know if it's like a myth or a real thing? Do the different colors of bell peppers correspond to spiciness? I grew up in a house where we used green bell peppers no matter what. <laughs> yeah, I like the yellow ones because they seem the sweetest and mildest to me. <laughs> I mean, I think they're all, I don't think there's, there's not any difference in spiciness. There are other, right, you're getting other flavors. Um, okay. You know, different, different, flavor comp different flavor profiles are coming through for different ones. I like the red ones personally. But yeah, I think, well, I also think that when we were kids, I'm assuming, Allison, you're roughly the same age I am. Um, that I think so. I only remember, I also remember only really having green bell peppers. Yeah. I and only... I just wonder if they kind of, that was all you could kind of get. And, or at least the other ones were much rarer. But now I go to the store and there's just as many of the red and the yellow and the yeah. orange ones as there are yeah. the green ones. So I feel like yeah. that's a thing because, yeah, I only remember green peppers as a kid and I didn't really like them. Yeah. But when I had my first yellow pepper, I was like, yeah, these are good. Yeah. <laughs> so, and you're right. It's, I think they did used to be harder to find and now there's mm -hmm. easy to find yellow peppers yeah. or red or yeah. orange. I, I guess. I've never taken to the orange ones. They just kind of taste, I don't know, they taste blander to me for some reason. But I feel like they're yeah. like, uh, they're neither here nor there. They're not red. They're not yeah. yellow. So you're probably going to like either red or yellow. Why, why have right. orange, which is like, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's an, an unhappy uh, just just commit to one of the other ones. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or go all the way green. Um, I The one eh. time I do like green is um, stuffed. I feel like that's yeah. good. That works well. Green. Yeah, green. Also, I think green tend to be a little firmer. And so that makes them good for stuffing. Uh, um, okay, that makes sense. And I, yeah, I like, I use green ones in spaghetti sauce and... But I, but for anything raw, I like the red ones or the yellow ones. Sometimes I like pasta salad where I'm trying to get as many different colors in there as possible. <laughs> oh yeah, that is really nice to have different colors. For, uh, yeah. I do the same with cheese plates. I, I like to have at least a few different colors on a cheese plate. So <laughs> yes, it looks so pretty. Awesome. Okay. Well, that's, that was definitely a fun fact. Uh, Jake, what have you got for us? I have fire. Um, fire? So, yes. Okay. Uh, it's actually the, um, the, the evolution of, of Bonfire Night. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, I don't know why I know this, but uh, <laughs> Bonfire Night is uh, also Guy Fawkes Night. Um, oh. So, November, November 5th, Guy Fawkes like he tried to blow up parliament on the 5th of November, which was bonfire night. Uh, so it was bonfire night before he did it. Yeah. It was bonfire night before he okay. did that. And then it kind uh, of, he, he, it became Guy Fox. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. I don't know why he thought parliament would be sitting, um, on bonfire night. Cause it was already, already a holiday. Don't know why. Okay. Um, but it goes back to the old English, um, or it's a uh, bone fire, uh, B O N E F I R E. Right? Oh, sounds gruesome. Um, <laughs> and so, bone fires um, 
on the 5th of November, um, they thought that the spirit world was, you know, thinly veiled, kind of like Halloween night, right? Oh, um, I and see. So they would take bones. Uh, it was right after harvest, right? So uh, they would take all the bones and they would create a fire that was hot enough uh, and they would throw the bones in there and it would just make an awful stench. Uh, and they did that with the intention of driving off evil spirits for the new year, for the winter. Uh, oh. um, and then it just sort of evolved into bonfire, uh, which if you say bonfire now, you think of a big hot fire. Uh, right, not smelly is, at all. No bones. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, so that's, that's oh. what bonfire night is. That's where bonfires came from. Uh, trying to drive off evil spirits. That sounds like a, a fun story to tell around a bonfire. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and just coincidentally, I actually built, when uh, Alice and I were visiting her brother in South Carolina, we, um, he had a, a pile of bricks on his property that was just left there for no reason. And yeah. uh, we're trying to decide what to do with them. And uh, we decided to make a fire pit with a little patio around it. So that was, uh, and I actually got it finished, or we actually got it finished before we left and were able to enjoy a little bonfire. Well, I don't know. It was just a campfire, I should say. It wasn't a full bonfire, but yeah. But it was lovely. It was lovely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was, felt proud of my accomplishment and I was very sore for a long time. <laughs> I haven't done physical labor like that in a while. <laughs> so, what we thought was going to be sandy soil was turned out to be clay. So and it, roots. It's a lot of digging. Yeah. 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 Snipping roots and cutting through. Yeah. It's good times. All right. Now we know the history of bonefires slash bonfires slash Guy Fox Day. Um, Allison, yeah. what have you got to wrap um, this up? So I can sort of connect mine to both. Okay. Um, and oh, by that the it has way, to do with. I should say we. I can connect the first two. I mean, that's an obvious like fire, heat, capsaicin, mm -hmm. hot. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, so mine is about an obscure scale. So I'm going to use that from Caitlin's and also um, extreme cold. Okay. So I went in the, in the opposite temperature direction. So um, one of the things that I've been doing since David left for Florida is I take a screen capture of the temperature on my phone <laughs> when I have to go do the morning dog walk by myself. Ugh. Which is hilarious, um, especially this morning. Oh, this yes. morning was rough. Nine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seven here. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So That's Fahrenheit on, on for everyone in Europe, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's got to be I'll do a quick I'll do a conversion. Okay. So, um, so what, what really got me though, is not necessarily the actual temperature, but the real feel metric, um, uh, that they use on AccuWeather. So I thought I would talk about a little bit about the history of wind chill, uh, um, how that's calculated so quickly, quickly before you get into that, this was about, yeah. so it was about negative 13 this morning, Celsius. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Nice. Um, and, and a fun fact about wind chill. So wind chill is calculated using t degrees in Fahrenheit, um, wind speed in miles per hour. So it does not have a, a uh, by definition, by oh, definition. Huh. Interesting. So it, was, it was developed using, um, 
developed and updated using using those metrics. So wind chill was like the concept of it was first developed in the 1940s um, by two American scientists who were trying to figure out um, how quickly an object lost heat based on wind. Um, so they did that by putting freezing um, bottles of water on top of their hut in Antarctica and measuring how quickly they froze. Um, so definitely an, an imperfect measurement. Um, <laughs> But it didn't really become popular until the 1960s um, when the United States military um, thought that they needed to better prepare soldiers for missions in cold climates, a.k.a. the Cold War. And we thought maybe there are going to be more applications for, for cold combat. Um, so the Air Force developed a revised model of wind chill in 1964 um, that pretty much remained unchanged until um, 2001. And the original formula was essentially you take the temperature in Fahrenheit and subtract the wind in miles per hour and you get wind chill. So not, not super, not super scientific, but uh, what they consider to be a somewhat helpful metric for heat loss. Um, hmm. But in, in 2001, um, the national weather service and um, our Canadian equivalent, I'm not sure what they're called. I had it written somewhere, but now I can't find it. Um, decided to conduct an experiment on actual human beings um, oh. to measure their heat loss in, in different temperatures. Um, so our current kind of wind chill model is actually only based on the heat loss of 12 individual volunteers, <laughs> how big the sample size was. Okay. Um, so essentially they put them in a wind tunnel Um in, in cold temperatures and, and measured um, the heat loss from the exposed areas on their faces. Um, but they found that there was a lot of variation based on kind of the physical build right. of the participants. <laughs> so, makes sense. so they ended up, so I, I don't know if this is based on who their volunteers were or how they came about it, but our wind chill factor is based on someone being five foot six and heavy set with a larger than average face area. Oh, okay. And male, right? Oh, or I don't I don't have gender. Oh, okay. But it could be that. I mean, it's it, just like seems like anytime there's a standardization <laughs> thing they just use men. <laughs> yeah. But. I can I have in my in one of the articles um from Vox they have pictures of the volunteers and it's one mm. man and one woman in the picture, okay. but I'm not sure what the actual yeah. Like demographics of the sample size were. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, five, six is pretty short for, for men. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. I was anyway. going to say men are more gullible to, yeah, to stand there like in that. a wind tunnel. <laughs> with, yeah, get, like, hey, you guys want to freeze for, you know, 12 hours? Uh, like, cool. Sure. Yeah. We'll give we'll you five bucks and a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so basically wind chill is not, is not a great, a great metric for how it actually feels to be outside. I, in my research, I found that kind of where it's most helpful is predicting how soon someone might be susceptible to um, uh, frostbite. Okay. So essentially mm -hmm. it will give you in, in a, you know, based on being, you know, outside in 10 degree weather, if there is significant wind chill, 
you know, it's, you're more likely to get frostbite sooner than if it were kind of 10 degree weather with, with zero wind chill. So that seems to be really the only area in which it's applicable or gives you any kind of accurate information. Um, I will say that the fact that we still use it, a lot of people on the internet seem to think it's a conspiracy by the National Weather Service. Since they <laughs> developed it, they're still promoting it and they regularly publish it, which is why so many like local meteorologists report on it. Um, I happen to be a fan, thanks to David, of the AccuWeather app. <laughs> and their, their real field calculation is proprietary, um, but it does include kind of more factors than just temperature and wind speed. Um, it also includes humidity, cloud cover, um, and sun intensity. Okay. So that seems to me like it would give you a better sense of what it's actually like to be outside. Um, but really, it just seems like kind of wind chill and, and real feel are the horoscopes of meteorology. That's what I've, that's what I've discovered. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, temperature is definitely not enough because like if you step outside and the wind is gusting, it you know, and the and it's cloudy. It's much different than still day with sun at the same temperature. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want. I was. I was very curious. You you answered my question at the end there. If real feel and wind chill were related, but it sounds like only slightly. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But apparently, the AccuWeather patent is so for real feel is so extensive that no other organization can patent something like that with oh because i think i saw another metrics with two metrics in addition to temperature and wind chill and and temperature and wind speed oh i've I've seen another app that says feels like um and i don't know if that's using the proprietary maybe they license the algorithm or something i don't know interesting yeah Yeah. okay but I still want you to feel bad when it's set, when I send you screen captures and it says real feel two, real yeah. feel one. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. I remember okay. what it's like there, to, uh, especially when now that you have to take a dog out early in the morning and um, yeah. you need bare hands to, to give pick, her her treats. Yeah, and to pick up after her and all, all that. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's bitter. I, I do feel bad. Um, that I'm down here and this morning it was really cold here too. Um, I woke up and it was 50 degrees outside. So, <laughs> burr, yeah. <laughs> and it's only oh, gonna get up baby. to 74 today, so. Yeah, I'm like, Texas girl. Oh uh, yeah. We wind gusts of like 50 miles an hour today, so. Oh. So <laughs> not that fun. No. Oh. Uh, what's, so, what is the temperature in Texas there? uh right now i don't know okay. uh, uh it's about 35 right now oh, oh really there's oh, a chance of cold. snow flurries this afternoon though i think the the cold front is just coming in right now wow they said possible flurries at like 3 p.m colder than i thought okay <laughs> so where i am right now is 10 degrees and it Ooh. feels like, according to the Apple app, negative six. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Fahrenheit. oh my! I goodness. have not been outside today. <laughs> Brett walked the dog, not me. <laughs> yeah, that used to be my job to do the. And and even that walking the dog, I believe, was got in the car with the dog, drove to the park where the dog <laughs> likes to go. She did her business. Got, they got back in the car and came home. <laughs> oh man. Poor Allison. Unfortunately, um, Leah 
uh, our dog really likes the cold. So oh, he loves it. Was out for like an hour on a walk. Oh no. <laughs> but I made her wear her coat. That our rule is if it's below 20, she has to wear her coat. Yeah. Oh, our rule is below 35. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Leah's got a pretty thick coat. She's uh she I seems think. completely okay. impervious. She like lays down on the freezing cold sidewalk and, and thinks it's great. So I don't know what's yeah. wrong with that. Dog, I mean, <laughs> the other day I walked Paris and it was like the snow, like a lot of the snow had melted, but there was still patches of it. And I swear every patch of snow we walked by, she had to walk through it. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. She was like, I insist on walking through this patch of snow. And I was like, aren't your feet cold? Why are you doing this? Yeah. My feet are cold and I have boots on. Yeah. That is amazing. I look at like, you know, um, out in the park, there's like ducks swimming around in this freezing cold water, like, and that's starting to ice in from the edges, you know, and they're out in the middle where it hasn't iced yet, but it's gotta be so cold. And they just have little skinny legs. I'm like, how, how do these not just like freeze and break off? I don't understand it. <laughs> it's gotta be amazing circulation or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what's going on, but my legs don't work that way. They would, they would freeze and snap off in no time. So yeah, jealous. All right. Well, those were definitely some fun facts today. Um, RJ, well, first of all, let me just say this, the art today was, RJ, I think you've really outdone yourself. I love Top your notch. peppers. The bonfire is amazing. I mean, I love so cool. The, the one guy who just says, I'm cold. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> in the wind tunnel <laughs> yes oh my gosh so uh rj where can people find us and find your amazing drawings yes if you like the show follow us on all social media we're at hot chai games on instagram facebook twitter and tiktok if you're not watching on twitch right now we're also hot chai games there where we stream the match solitaire daily challenge and then record this podcast with live art every saturday morning at 11 a.m eastern like, subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends. Awesome. Well, that's it for us today. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Take care, everyone. Bye. 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 See you guys. Ooh, fun facts. Facts are fun with Addison and Caitlin.